At Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, good morning, Wildwood. It's great to be together with everybody today and uh, very much looking forward to the opportunity we have to be in God's Word this morning. If you are, are here today and this is your first Sunday, or maybe it is not your first, but maybe the weather kept you away last week, I want to just point you to where we are right now as a church family. We are in the midst of our For the Nations week. So in this For the Nations week that began last Saturday, we've been talking about the opportunities we have as a church family to help share the good news of Jesus Christ all over the earth. And last week, as we kicked this week off, we had David Robles with us, who's one of our partners who helps train pastors at Berea Bible Seminary in Lyon, Spain. And we just had a chance to focus on one of the opportunities we have as a church family to be for the nations is to help raise up pastors in other countries. And so we were excited to have that opportunity last week. Well, today we're going to be concluding our For the Nations week by looking at another opportunity that we have as a church to be for the nations following Jesus. And that is through a compassion church plant in the town of Lagoa de San Francisco, Brazil. So we're going to be looking at, when you came in today, you probably saw the big trailer in the parking lot. You saw the different stations by all the doors that highlighted the compassion experience that is happening here at Wildwood this weekend. And so hopefully by the time we get done with our our next 30 minutes together, you will understand a context for that and the opportunity it presents for each of us to get involved in what God is doing around the world. But before we we do that, I want to just think for a moment about valuable things and where we think they deserve to go. How many of you have an iPhone? If you have an iPhone, just kind of wave at me. Many people waving your hands. There's a few Android people out there who are disgusted with the question I just asked. But for many of you, you're like, yeah, I've got an iPhone. Now, let let me just ask you, that invention of the iPhone, what if that iPhone was just something that Steve Jobs put together and he entered in a local science fair and that's all that that's all that it was ever used for was just a science fair project. What would you think about using it only in that small context? Or let me ask you this question. What about the Mona Lisa? What if when Leonardo da Vinci painted the Mona Lisa What if it only ever hung on his mother's refrigerator? You know, four magnets right there, just... What if that was the only location that the Mona Lisa was ever placed was on da Vinci's mother's refrigerator? Or or what about uh, something like Les Mis? Uh, Who here is from a small town? If you're from a, a town of less than... Dan, how many people live in your hometown? A thousand people in, in Kansas, Kansas, America. 12 in his graduating class. What if, what if Les Mis was only ever performed? What if it was only ever performed at Dan's high school musical? What if that was it? The only place it ever was performed was right there. Or how about somebody else? Somebody else who's from a small town. Yeah, Martha, we're about 100 people, okay? Dan, she's got your beat, all right? But what if that town of 100 was the only location in a children's theater in that town? 
What if that was the only location where William Shakespeare's Hamlet was ever acted out? You're like, that's pretty heavy stuff for children's theater, but what if that's the spot where it was? Now, I want you to think about those things, the absurdity of it, right? Something that beautiful deserves to be on a larger canvas than just a refrigerator. Something that amazing needs to be in Broadway or on the West End, not just in rural Kansas high school musical. Something that powerful, a story told that well, an iambic pentameter deserves to be in more venues than just a town of a hundred children's theater. Now, when we think about that, that's something that we're aware of and we're challenged with that thought. But let me ask you this. What if the knowledge of the God of the universe was only shared with people that lived in a country the size of the state of New Jersey? What if the good news of Jesus Christ stayed within the borders of one small Middle Eastern country? Would that be challenging for us to think about? And yet when we read the Old Testament, we hear the context of the the good news of the gospel being given to one people in one small country. But here's the thing. When we read the rest of our Old Testament, what we see is that it was never God's desire for something so valuable to only be on Moses' mother's refrigerator. It was always intended to go to the nations of the earth. Isaiah chapter 49 and verse 6 says this, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. God said, it is too small a thing for the good news that I am proclaiming in Christ to stay in Israel. It needs to get to Oklahoma as well. It needs to get to the ends of the earth as well. Now, friends, when we think about our mission as a church, we talk about being for following Jesus together to the glory of God. But friends, here's the thing. When we think about that mission, it is too light a thing for us to have this knowledge of Jesus and just keep it to ourselves. It is too small a thing just to have this knowledge of Jesus and only share it in the context of our community or even our state. But we believe because Jesus is so worthy of the worship of all people that we have been given a great commission to be for not only us, but to be for the nations following Jesus together to the glory of God. Far more than just appearing on our refrigerator, God has intended this for a much larger stage. What a privilege and what a blessing we have as a congregation to be involved in taking the gospel to places like Mexico and Spain and Nicaragua, places that we've talked about last weekend, including places like the nation of Brazil. Friends, this morning we're going to talk about one specific application of how we as a church family have the privilege and the honor of being able to take the good news of Jesus Christ to the nation of Brazil and specifically to one particular congregation in one city, the city of Lagoa de San Francisco. 
We've been able to take that there in a partnership with Compassion International. And over the next few minutes, I hope that you'll understand what that mission is all about and how you and I can both be a part of it. Now, before we do that, it's helpful for us to have a little bit of a historical context on where we are as a church family. And so when I think about Wildwood's involvement in being for the nations following Jesus together to the glory of God, it certainly has a history that is much longer than just going back to 2012. But for the sake of time, I want to begin in 2012. Now, what I'm going to tell you is a a story that is familiar for some of you, but it will be new to others. Just out of curiosity, if you have come to Wildwood since 2012, just wave at me. If, if you've just been or new to Wildwood since 2012, many, many hands. So what I'm getting ready to say is maybe something that you haven't heard before. But back in 2012, we felt as a church family that we had an opportunity to increase what we were doing to share the good news of Jesus Christ with those outside the walls of our church, both here in Norman and around the world. In At that time, we had a children's building that we had just finished construction, and we had a a note that we were paying on to pay off that children's building. And we felt the Lord leading us that if God would raise up within the congregation the funds to pay that building off, that we would take all the money that we were using to service the note on that building and pay it outside the walls of the church in ministry outside the walls here in Norman and around the world. I want to fast forward, if that, that began in 2012 and God raised those funds and we began to contribute those funds, and between 2012 and 2018, God has used Wildwood to give money to increase our support of a number of our missionary partners, as well as to do a number of projects with those missionary partners and begin some new things like the training of pastors in different countries like we talked about last Sunday with David Robles. But one of the things that came to light in 2018 was an opportunity for Wildwood to join the sponsorship of a church plant in the town of Lagoa de San Francisco, Brazil, in connection with Compassion International. Specifically, the opportunity for Wildwood was to give about $80,000 to pay for the construction of the buildings that would house the church and the Compassion Center in that city. Now, when you hear Lagoa to San Francisco, most of you probably are not aware where that is. So we, on this map here, we put a yellow star in the general location where the town of Lagoa de San Francisco is. But this was a community in Brazil that was very under-resourced with the gospel. There was no one in that community who was actively sharing their faith in Christ. There was no growing evangelical church to speak of at all. And so, We had the opportunity, as Compassion had located that that spot, and as we had begun some conversations with them, to initiate the construction of this building to further aid the ministry of a church plant that was beginning in that city. That began back at the beginning of 2018, and this last January, as we proceed down the timeline, this past January of 2019... I, along with a few others from Wildwood, had the privilege of going and visiting this church as it had its first services in that new building. So the building that we contribute the funds to pay for opened this last January. The church had been in existence for about 10 months as the pastor and his family had moved there, had begun to share their faith. People had begun to follow Christ in that community, but they had their first services in that building in January. And I think we have a a picture of the congregation there on their very first Sunday, those gathering inside this church building, following Jesus together in that community. Now, what what an exciting thing for, for us 
to be a part of. And, and as the church has begun in that location, and, and it's also had a compassion center where not only is a, a church meeting, but also we have a number of, of young people who are gathering in that church inside of that compassion center beginning to learn about Christ. Now, I want to fast forward now to today. And where do we sit today in light of this project? Well, this weekend is our Compassion Sunday here at Wildwood. And on this day, we have the opportunity as a church family to begin to sponsor some of the 200 children who are a part of that Compassion Center inside of that church. And out in the Compassion Experience tent in the parking lot and at all the the tables around this church, we have the opportunity to sponsor some of those 200 children, children who will be receiving help with things they need like hygiene and health care and food and water, but also children that are getting six hours each week of discipleship in a program very similar to our Awana program, beginning to learn to follow Christ. It's an exciting opportunity we have as a church family to be for the nations, including for the city of Lagoa de San Francisco, following Jesus together with us to the glory of God. Now, with that as our historical context, I want to now look into God's word to see a little help for us making sense of what's happening in that city and how you and I might be able to be a part of it. We're going to look at the book of Romans to find this instruction, Uh, and I know what some of you are thinking. You've already spent like 13 minutes uh, walking through something, and now you're going to preach through the entire book of Romans in the rest of our time. How long are we going to be here today? We're going to move quickly, but I believe inside of the book of Romans, we see some great encouragement for you and I in how we might be a part of what God is doing on the other side of the world. The book of Romans is is a book about the gospel. It's a, it's a book about the good news of Jesus Christ that reconciles us, that provides forgiveness for our sins, that fills us with his spirit and enables us to live the life he's called us to, including proclaiming the gospel to those who have not heard. That's what Romans is about. And I want to quickly scan through the pages of this letter today to see three different things about the gospel that would encourage us as we consider participating in this partnership in Lagoa. The first thing I want us to see about the gospel inside of the book of Romans is this. The gospel grows. The gospel grows us. As we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, not only are we forgiven of our sins, but also God begins a work of transforming our lives from the inside out. And part of that transformation that takes place with the gospel encourages us and empowers us for ministry. When Paul writes his letter to the Romans, he he mentions in chapter 1, verses 8 through 12, a desire that he has to visit the church in Rome to engage in some ministry with them. Listen to what he says. He says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine." 
The Apostle Paul, as he writes this letter, says that God has been at work in him, growing his faith, giving him a gift so that he desires to be in Rome in order to encourage the Christians who live there. But don't miss what he also says. The same gospel that was growing inside of him also was growing inside of the Roman church. So that when Paul showed up, even though he was apostle, he, an apostle, he had an expectation of being blessed, of having his faith grown by interacting with the church that was in Rome. And friends, here's the thing. I can tell you as someone that just got back from this church plant in Brazil, as we got there, we went there to encourage them. But I can tell you that we were mutually encouraged in our faith because of what we had seen the Lord doing in that church. Friends, the, 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 the gospel is growing in that community. We mentioned earlier that for about 10 months before the building opened, the church had been having Bible studies and evangelistic programs, and they'd seen about three dozen people trust Christ over the course of those 10 months. Many of them were in the picture before, and, and that kind of response to Christ had created a stir inside of that city as many others were coming around as curious onlookers to find out what was happening because lives were being changed. There's one family that I, that I met inside of that church who had recently come to faith in Christ. And this family has a, a special needs son. And their only experience up until just the last 10 months as it related to the church was visiting a church and the pastor of that church telling the family that their son's problems, his, his mental challenges were their fault. Not only did they, they tell them that, but, but they also said, and you're not welcome here because you are illiterate. You cannot read. So a family was turned away from the truth, and they were living in despair. Ten months ago, when our, our, our church plant pastor showed up in that town and was going door to door, he met this family, and he shared with them the true gospel, hope in Jesus. And this family trusted in Christ. Get to stand in this man's workshop and, and have a conversation with him through a translator about what God had done in his life. And it was so encouraging to us of what God had been doing. Uh, the, the pastor, his name is Joseph. I was talking to him. I, I said, Joseph, who was that again? And he said, well, that's, that's my elder. And I said, oh, he's a leader in your church. And he goes, no, he's just old. <laughs> Great. But he's old in Christ now. He's come to faith in Christ. God is at work in this city. Think about another young man um, who grew up in this city and like many young people in that, that community had no real direction or, or certainly no faith in Christ. And when the church building began to be constructed, he wanted to get a job working on that site. He'd already made a bunch of bad decisions in his life and he was headed in a, in a really rough direction. Uh, but he saw this construction of the church building as an opportunity. Remember, Wildwood contributed the funds, but the work to build that church was done by the people of this community. And so this young man raised his hand and, and got a job working in the construction of that building. And in the process of that, built a relationship with a pastor and came to faith in Christ. For part of his wages, he really wanted to learn uh, some different things. And so the pastor provided some training so he could learn how to operate a computer. But he also wanted to learn to play the guitar. And when I was down there in January, I, I could hear him practicing his guitar. And I, I said to him, I said, Guillaume, when I come back, I'm looking forward to seeing you on that stage leading worship in this church. Well, just about a week after I got back, uh, he sent me a picture. And that's our friend sitting on the 
foot of the stage playing his guitar, leading that church in worship. Friends, the gospel grows. And as we see the gospel working in this community, we ought to be mutually encouraged in our faith. God is at work. Well, not only does the gospel grow, but also the gospel uh, goes. The gospel goes. And the Apostle Paul, when he is talking about what is, what is happening around the world, in Romans chapter 15, verses 20 through 21, he says this. He says, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. The Apostle Paul had a desire not just to take the gospel to Rome, but beyond Rome. Why? Because the gospel was not something just for him, and it was not just something for the people that he already knew, but Paul had an understanding that the gospel needed to go where it had not previously been preached. And so he made it his ambition to take it there. Friends, when we think about us as a church family, why is it that we're involved in being for the nations? Because we think it is too small a thing for us to keep the gospel on our refrigerator. Jesus is worthy of the worship of all people. And so as a church, we are looking for opportunities to take the gospel where it has not previously been proclaimed. And we heard about some of those opportunities last week. But make no mistake, our interest in what's happening in the town of Lagoa de San Francisco, Brazil, is that the gospel would take root there and that people would worship God there. Now, in the process of that, one of the wonderful things about following Jesus is that that message is not just something for us, something that God was doing inside of people at Wildwood, but it's something that God is doing among his believing community around the world, including in Brazil. And we came into contact with a a church planning pastor by the name of Josepha and his wife, Hitieli. We have a picture of them and, and their children here when we were together back in January. But they're the ones who have been leading this church plant. And they are in the city of Lagoa de San Francisco because they have a desire to see Jesus worshiped by all people, including the people of this small city. Now, I could tell you their story, but I might not get it as well as they could tell you their story. And so I think we actually have uh, Hitieli, uh, with us. Hey, Hitieli, how are you? Hey, good morning. I'm good. How are you? We're good. Hey, can everybody just wave at her? We've got a room full of people here, um, and we're so, so blessed. This is obviously Sunday for them as well, and, and Pastor Josepha is engaged in some ministry there. Um, also, they would say that Hitieli's English is a little better than Josepha's, uh, but I think they both speak wonderful English, way better than my Portuguese. So we will keep this in English today. But, you know, I was just telling them, Itieli, about how the Lord had led you all to the city of Lagoa de San Francisco. Uh, God had, had led you to be involved in proclaiming the gospel around the world. It began as missionaries in India, but then back mm-hmm. in the church in Piri Piri, um, and, yes. and now to the church in Lagoa. So maybe share with us a little bit about why you and your husband um, felt led by the Lord to plant that church in Lagoa de San Francisco. Okay, good morning. Um, when we came to, when God told, told us to come to Lagoa de San Francisco, it was about two years ago, we're leaving Piripiri, planting a church there. 
and we felt that God was sending us to Lagoa because it's a it's very small city and they usually uh, even the missionaries they don't want to go to very small places like countryside and uh, I was I God was bringing to us you know you should remember the countrymen and uh, they need to hear about me too they I love them as well so we began praying. We were already coming to Lagoa once in a week, but we felt the need to come and live here to share the gospel with the families and everybody. So we decided to come and our church in Piripiri blessed us and they said they sent us here. And uh, we are here now because we understood from God that the country men, the families here in Lagoa, they need to hear about Jesus too. They need to feel his love and they need an opportunity to find uh, God. So this is why we are here. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. Hey, now, now tell us, there's a compassion center associated with your church that, that helps you in your ministry there in Lagoa. Tell us about the strategic nature of that compassion center and how God uses that. Okay. Uh, through the center, we can... Um, reach the families because we offer them many, many facilities. Like we, uh, through the program, we'll help them with the healthcare. And uh, we have also uh, many things that we do with the families programs that um, uh, teach them how to take better care of the children and also empowering the mothers and the fathers as well. The, the situation here is very difficult because there are no jobs. So people, they work on the land, but we get only three months per year of rain. So the rest of the year, they cannot plant anything. So uh, it's very difficult. They go through a lot of uh, difficulties, like they have no food or they have problems, health problems, and they don't have, do not uh, how to access it. So through the center, we'll help them to get that. And also, we will have the opportunity to preach the gospel for them. Um, they will have the opportunity to uh, get to know Jesus and his word. All the program is based on the Bible. Teach them the Bible, how to love themselves, how to love one another. And we'll pray for them as well and hope that God will work in their hearts through the Holy Spirit, that they will get to know Jesus and have not only in this life, this life changed, but also the eternal life. You'll have the opportunity to live with Jesus. So this is why we are here, and it's very important. The center, the huge strategy, how we can reach the families. Well, praise the Lord. We are so blessed to be connected to you. I think about just the amazing ways that the Lord has has brought us together, and so thankful it's for true. you making the space today, spending so much of your Sunday waiting for this no moment problem. for us to have this conversation. So tell Josephah. Yes. Well, we'll tell Josephah hello. We we give you many of God's blessings, and tell your children hello for us as well. I will. Thank you so much. God bless you. We are praying for you too as well. God bless Amen. you, brothers and sisters. Bye. Bye bye. What a blessing, right? That we have the opportunity to partner with people like Joseph and Etieli to take the gospel to that city. Um, there in Lagoa de San Francisco. And you think about the, the, the strategic impact of that Compassion Center. We've, we've already seen it. For a church to begin in a city that has no context for an evangelical church and for it to grow so quickly, 
Um, the, the Compassion Center has been a major part of that. Just as Jesus took care of the physical needs of people as he ministered to them and that created a platform onto which he talked to them about their spiritual needs, so we have the platform through the Compassion Center to reach not only these children but their families. Compassion is a, not just a development organization, it is a discipleship organization. Every child who participates in the Compassion Center gets six hours a week of what would be very similar to our Awana program. Um, memorizing scripture and learning about the gospel. And so we feel like we have a a very much a a heart partnership with this community. But there may be some of you, as we talk about this, and we talk about planting this church in a community of 5,000 people, you might go, well, isn't this a lot of resources that we're pouring in a very small place? Like if we're going to pick Brazil, why not be in Rio or in Sao Paulo, some of these massive cities? Why in just such a a small, small place? And friends, really the, the, the answer to that is this. Every person there matters to Jesus Christ. Just, this is a picture over my shoulder at the, at the opening service. Um, we have another photo of, of, the, of the young people, of, of the children, some of the children who were there uh, for a little vacation Bible school before um, the church opened that day. When you think about this community of 5,000, there are 1,000 people under the age of 18 that live in that community. Now, what if somebody were to make the argument that those thousand don't matter. Let me put that in context for you. Over the last 12 months, Wildwood has had the privilege of welcoming inside of our building about a thousand young people. Your children, your children's friends, your neighbors, your neighbor's friends, that's who have been here over the last 12 months. What if somebody tried to make an argument that those thousand don't matter? that there's a more strategic investment up the road, and it's called Oklahoma City. Those thousand kids, those thousand young people don't matter. If that argument were made, what would you do? I know you. You'd be upset. You'd say, no, no, you're talking about our kids. You're talking about our neighbors. You're talking about those that are on our sports teams, those who are in our schools. They matter. We, we, we do what we do because we want to see those children coming into a relationship with Christ and learn to follow him so they could follow him all of the days of their life. That's how we would respond because they're our kids. They're our neighbors. Well, guess what? We serve a God who sits on high, and everybody is in his neighborhood. Why do those thousand young people in Lagoa matter? Because... They were created in the image of God to have a relationship with him of incredible value and worth. For us to, to go to them and to take the gospel is what we're called to do because everyone matters. The gospel grows in us. The gospel goes. But a third thing I want us to see today is this. The gospel gathers. The gospel gathers. I don't think it's an accident that right after Paul talks about the gospel going to the ends of the earth, there's a chapter of Scripture that is full of names. If you're on a Bible reading plan and you get to, to, and you're behind and you get to Romans 16, you typically skip it, right? It's just a bunch of names that you can't pronounce. 26, 27 names inside of that chapter. But here's the thing. I think Paul understood that for the gospel to truly go to the ends of the earth, it took way more than Paul. It took an army. It took all of the people that the gospel had taken root in gathering together to have an impact for Christ. Every single one mattered. I mean, if if it was God's desire to reach only one village, 
then, hey, a couple people could accomplish that. But if it's God's desire for the gospel to go to the ends of the earth, which, we, which it is, not just to keep on our refrigerator, but to go to the ends of the earth, if that is the desire that God has, then it takes an army. It takes all of us. As the gospel takes root in our lives and begins to grow inside of us, we gather together to partner to see the gospel go even further. I think about all the names that are listed there in Romans chapter 16, and I think about all of those, those names or all people that at some point said, I'm in. I'm in. I want to be a part of what God is doing. And they had developed a relationship with somebody outside of their town who was also walking with Christ for the purpose of spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. In the same way, friends, we as a church have the opportunity to partner together with those outside of here to take the gospel there. As a part of this process, we've been able to partner with First Baptist Church of Atabaya in the south part of Brazil, who sent Josefa and Etieli as missionaries up to the, the north part. There's my Portuguese accent. Did you hear that? Missionaries? Do you like that? That's... <clears throat> Richard, was that okay? Was that, that close? All right, thanks. Um, but we think about the, the gospel you know, going, partnerships developed with other people, so that if we were to write a letter to the church of Atabaya, we could say, tell Pastor Mendes hello, because we've met him on the journey. If we were to write a letter to the church in Lagoa de San Francisco, we've got names we could list. I mean, everybody in this room, we could write a letter to the church in Lagoa de San Francisco, and we could put Hitieli, and we could put Josephah's name down. But wouldn't it be great to add another name to that list? Wouldn't it be great to know someone else? Friends, the, the child sponsorship program that Compassion has gives all of us the opportunity to gather together. It gives all of us the opportunity to not just know a church planner and his wife, but it gives us the opportunity to, to invest in one specific child and one specific family so that we can begin to get to know them. If you've ever sponsored with Compassion, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that allows you to connect with a child for the long term. But wouldn't it be even more amazing if several of us, if many of us, if all of us all had a child in the same church on the other side of the world? What if we were able to gather together and go visit them on occasion? Have parties where we write letters together. Siblings were sponsored by one of your friends inside of your small group. Wouldn't it be amazing if something like that happened? That's exactly what happens because right now, all over our campus and the Compassion Experience and at tables right out here beside both of these doors in the lobby of the children's building, right outside this door, there are tables at all of those locations where you can sponsor one of these compassion kids. And not just a compassion kid from somewhere in the world, but a compassion child from that church in Lagoa to San Francisco. What if we could pray for them and write to them and support them? For just a little over a dollar a day, what if we could help provide them the basic things that they need plus the gospel that could grow them and change them and develop them in Jesus' name? Friends, if you've been around this weekend and you've been out to the Compassion Experience, you know that that opportunity exists. You know how real it is. My family went through there yesterday, and, and there are two little, little kids, um, little Wendell and little Miriam, um, both born in August. I'm partial to August birthdays. Um, and 
born in 2015, little, little four-year-old folks, almost four-year-old little folks. And, and I'm just so excited for our family to be able to, to connect with them. The, the process of sponsoring is very simple. We were able to look at some packets. We were able to pick one. There's only one of these packets for each of these kids. This is not just marketing material. This is a real child here, right? So as we looked at this, we were able to fill out the information. There's just some things to fill out on both sides of a card. It takes just a few minutes. And then we were able to connect and begin to, to partner with this church as God gathered us together with this church and this community to have an impact in Jesus' name. Friends, what if you were able to write a letter to the church of Lagoa de San Francisco and you were able to put a little name like Marion and pray for her as a family, a little name like Wendell, and pray for his family to follow Jesus together with us to the glory of God. We've invited compassion to come here because we want that opportunity and that blessing as a church. As a church, we've already paid for the construction of the building. But we think there's way bigger things than just brick and mortar. There's people following Jesus. Would you join us on that journey? When we leave today, you'll have an opportunity to sponsor in all those locations. But let me pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather and to worship today. Thank you for uh, the blessing and the privilege of having this good news of Jesus Christ and not just keeping it to ourselves, but being able to proclaim it among the nations. Father, it belongs on a far greater stage than, than just a stage inside of this room, but it belongs at a location and in, in locations where all the people of the earth might be able to know who you are and follow you. Father, may you just work within our hearts, and if you desire to connect us to this opportunity, that you would just give us the opportunity, the faith, the courage, the finances, all those things to step into this today. We thank you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.